0: Welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, smack dab in the middle of the Great Lakes Triangle. Our toll-free number is one 877 That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address is xzone at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at com. And our website's www.exoneradio.com and www.exonestore.com. My guest this hour, along with me on this open mic uh, segment of the show, is Brian David Anderson. And uh, Brian sent us a very interesting email, and it had to do with earthquakes, and it was also... Synchronicity, because I believe it was within a day or two, the report came out that off the coast of of the United States, off the west coast, there had been uh, over 600 earthquakes reported. And uh, today alone, the U.S. Geological Survey has posted over 38 earthquakes around the world. What is happening? So we decided to ask Brian David Anderson to join us uh, this hour to try and make some sense of what is going on or to talk about some new theories that may be out there. And, Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for joining us tonight. Oh, very good. Glad to be back. Brian, what is going on with all the earthquakes?
2: Well, all I can say is that uh, we have a full moon that is coming up on the Mm -hmm. 20th of uh, this month. And I remember some research back in 2004 that I came across by two Indian scientists. They were traditionally trained. They were not far-out type of people. They were at mm-hmm. universities, and very traditional that type of thing. And they found uh, what they surmised is that they noticed that there was major earthquakes 7.5 and above in what is called cardinal signs, and on uh, your astrological zodiac, your cardinal signs are Libra, uh, Cancer, Capricorn, and Aries. And what they noticed is that if the Sun was in, uh, say like Libra, and Mm -hmm. then the Moon was in Aries, if you look at an astrological chart, they're uh, 180 degrees apart apart from each other, they're across from each other. And the same thing with Capricorn and uh, Cancer, they're across from one another and they used two major examples or one one major example and others but one major one was the alaskan earthquake of nineteen sixty-four the at that time the sun was in aries and the moon was in libra and so they were op- opposing one another and so they made the prediction, uh, and based upon all this, four days before the Sumatra earthquake happened on December 26th of 2004 that killed thousands of people and was a magnitude somewhere of about 8.4, four days before they predicted the time, the date, the longitude and latitude, and they got everything right except the time. They were 30 minutes off because after this full moon came into its full power, Mm -hmm. then it took a half hour for the energies to flow through the Earth. So they predicted it right on the full moon and its most powerful point, and they were off a half hour. So that is what motivated me then to say, okay, is there more to this? I tried to look up more about what they predicted, but then they pretty much disappeared off the scene. They didn't say what they were actually doing, and I think I've kind of now surmised what they were doing and how they came about most of it so that's what was the motivation for all of this for me and uh, again we're coming up we're now in the the sign of aries and the moon is now going in libra And I started looking at my ephemeris, and I went, hmm, well, you know, let's start looking at things here.
0: All right, let's go to our commercial break, break, and when we come back, let's start investigating this. Uh, Brian David Anderson is our special guest. By the way, since 1021 this morning, Eastern Time, there have been 64 postings by the U.S. Geological Survey about earthquakes that they've reported and recorded around the world. 18775288255 is toll free. My name is Rob McConnell. Brian David Anderson is our special guest. www.trivortex.com. Don't go away. We'll be back in 2 minutes. Talking about earthquakes right here on the TalkStar Radio Network in the X Zone. Brian David Anderson is our special guest, and we're talking about earthquakes this hour in the Exxon. If you'd like to give us a call, one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. 528 8255 That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. Now, does the position and the phase of the moon really influence or cause earthquakes, Brian?
2: Well, uh, I would say yes and no. Well, my investigations the most important thing here is what the claim that the Indian scientists made Mm-hmm. Is that significant earthquakes seven point five and higher happen in what these call these cardinal signs, and also people need to remember that when a full moon occurs, then that usually means that the sun is on the opposite side of the earth, so as the the full moon goes to its highest zenith point, mm-hmm. it usually is on the opposite side of the earth uh, from where the sun is at, and so that is a uh, a major of, uh, um, of importance, because that's two major gravity pulls on the Earth, the sun and the moon, on opposite ends. And so you're now setting up this, I'm going to say, a real strong type of gravity pull and force on the Earth. And uh, just looking at it geometry-wise, it would make sense that the cardinal science would do that. But then I went up on the U.S. Geological Survey. They have it there a history of all the earthquakes and it has the times and dates and et mm-hmm. and look at seven you know look at seven point five and above earthquakes and they basically happen at any time there the, the whole thing about there being a cardinal type of or at a certain time a cardinal mean uh... uh the, as i said the libra which is october november and your capricorn is uh... december uh... january and then The Aries is March-April, and then Cancer is being uh, 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 June-July. So in actuality, though, what I researched on the dates is that that really didn't apply. But what they were kept saying throughout the article about the Indian scientist is that they noticed that there was a, uh, a particular type of angle that the moon had to the earthquake areas and also the sun and still it's amazing i mean just think about this four days before the earthquake hit in sumatra these people named the, got the exact longitude and uh... uh latitude of where this earthquake would occur they predicted how strong it would be and they were only off by thirty minutes on their time so they did something right but they have never really revealed everything they have done so it's kind of like like piecemealing this thing together and so when the full when the moon is full it ha- it's over a certain part of the earth mm-hmm. and that is called the sublunar point that that exact p- center point of the su- of the moon over the earth that is called the sublunar point or the tidal producing center and they have a really neat website it was created by the man who uh, created autocad and he has a way that you then can be looking at the earth as if you're looking at it from the moon and giving this sublunar point and for any date and any time all you have to do is just type in the date and the time and boom off you go and so then i started correlating i looked up the times and dates and the magnitudes of earthquakes related to where the position of the moon was at and what was very interesting the first thing that i did is i went to go do the 1964 earthquake in alaska and there was interesting in the angle that that came out of that one the full moon sublunar point was a little bit off the coast of northern Brazil. And so if you have a globe near you, I'd recommend you go to a globe. If not, you can go over to Google Earth. And then it's just off the, the coast of Brazil, then now if you line that up, it goes through the Gulf of Mexico or near there and it goes off to Alaska. And so when that full moon boom hit, is then uh, it was almost then a the half hour later, is when the earthquake uh, occurred in Alaska. What is even more interesting about that is that, and this is, comes really off-the-wall type of information, but my father was talking with some fishermen back in 1965, and he came home and he said, yeah, I just talked to this fisherman. On the day of the Alaskan earthquake, in fact, this, they said the same time that it occurred in the earthquake, a massive uh It was was a what they call rogue wave. It wasn't Mm -hmm. a tidal wave, but it was a rogue wave because it never reached the shore. And and this wave was going away from the shore. Here were these fishermen coming into the and this wave, this huge wave, was coming at them on the same day as the Alaskan earthquake. So here it was. Our that full moon was off Brazil. If you look at a line on the globe and you go up and then you see Alaska, well, between that is the Gulf of Mexico, and here they are having this rogue wave. So there's something then to, I believe, the position of the moon as an angle. And the same type of angle occurred when the Sumatra, a very similar type of a- angle, occurred. And so you have this, it's like a diagonal type of thing. And we have to remember also uh, – that the moon only travels around the equator, but it goes 23, at an average of 23 degrees above into the northern hemisphere and then 23 degrees below into the southern hemisphere. Sometimes it will go up to 28 degrees and down to 28 degrees south and north, but most times it stays in between the 23 degrees. So basically the, Earth, uh, the moon is doing this dance over the equator of the Earth, and so now you have... Uh, at cer- a certain point, wherever this there's an angle, there is a there is a definite angle cor- uh, correlation between where the moon is at and then where the uh, earthquake will occur. So,
0: very interesting uh, research you've done there, my friend.
2: And so now, what was interesting in then is in this program was so neat. They also had the times of all these various earthquakes mm-hmm. and the largest earthquake that ever occurred in the uh, northern or to say the lower 48 occurred in 1700. And it was they figure it was somewhere around a 9.0 earthquake, but just really caused all sorts of havoc back in 1700. Well, you go back in and you find out where the moon was located, and this program allows you to do it. It's really so wild. And so here it was. the moon was then at that time off the Tarawa Islands in the South Pacific. And uh, uh, the, again, if you, if you get a globe and you find the Tarawa Islands, and that's also, um, okay, the, yeah, the Gilbert Islands and the Tarawa Islands, and, you, and that was the approximate area where that, that's actually the exact area where the moon was at, and then you draw this diagonal line up to the Pacific Northwest. What's interesting now is that the moon of coming up on April 20th isn't very far away from these coordinates. It's maybe at the most 600 miles. So you basically have a similar type of angle of the moon coming up in April 2008. This full moon coming up on the 20th is at a very similar type of angle as what occurred in 1700. Now again, uh, I'm sure that you know over the last 308 years that the, the moon has has to have had very similar type of positions. But again, uh, what piqued my interest is they're now having all these swarms of, of earthquakes off of uh, Oregon, et cetera. So they're they're calling that the subdermal. I believe it was called um, uh, that where the two plates are going over one another. And again there hasn't been a major earthquake for over 300 now, 308 years. So most likely the area is, a lot of tension is built up. And uh, it's probably long overdue for an earthquake. So now just having the right type of gravity pulls on the earth, and that's where, again, the sun-moon uh, correlations. Whereas when you have the right type of, of movement, uh, and gravity waves through the Earth, and you have then a, a weak uh, fault, and then you know it's going to lo- it's going to release itself and go.
0: One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network. My special guest this hour is Brian David Anderson, and we're talking about the correlation between the phases of the moon and earthquakes. I'm just looking at uh, the worldwide earthquake map, uh, and you know, just. Within the last 24 hours, there were three reported in Nevada. There were several. Let me see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 uh, quakes and tremors in Alaska. So uh, something definitely is happening. Uh, Mother Nature isn't very happy with something that's going on on the surface. Somebody once told me that uh, an earthquake is a way that, number one, it's the, the, the plates that are shifting causing a, a grinding. And earthquake severity has increased over the last 20 years. And it's, some scientists are attributing it to the oil that we're taking out of the earth. So, uh, and uh, it, it, it's related to the hydraulic effect Whereas if you take the oil out of a dry, hydraulic drive or hydraulic uh, system, the system starts to stutter. Has anybody talked to you about that uh, hypothesis?
2: I, I've heard about that hypothesis. The question being, and mm-hmm. all that hypothesis, though, is what is the true origins of the oil? Yes. I don't believe it for one second that it has to do with ancient bones mm-hmm. and that type of thing. There's some other type of generation of oil that's happening uh... below the surface surface of the earth so the question being is uh, does the earth have the ability to replace the oil that has been taken out if it does not have that ability yes then we have a problem Mm -hmm. the question being is geologists really truly don't know the origins of the oil and there are some geologists that feel that the earth actually produces oil at a certain level on the earth so uh, uh, that hypothesis that removing oil causing earthquakes uh, is still, I, I'm not still gonna up in the, air. At the Same time, I'm not, not going to you know say that it's all there.
0: Brian, stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. When we come back, let's bring our listeners to the website, uh, the web page that you put up just for the Exxon Nation today. Brian David Anderson is our special guest, www.trivortex.com. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is The X-Zone, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here and exclusively on the Talk Star Radio Network and our fine family of broadcast affiliates around the world. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Brian David Anderson is our special guest, www.trivortex.com. And we're talking about the... Um the association between the different phases of the moon and earthquakes. And, Brian, you set up a special page for tonight's interview, and I was wondering if you could give our listeners the URL.
2: Yeah, it's, again, trivortex, dot com Mm -hmm. forward slash moon, M-O-O-N, dot H-T-M-L.
0: All right, could you give it to the listeners one more time, please?
2: Trivortex, T R I. V O R T E X dot com forward slash moon dot HTML.
0: All right, Brian, when we go there, we see uh, these uh, three, excuse me, these three um, graphs and it's in uh, this, these three uh, diagrams, and it's entitled electromagnetic, electromagnetic elliptical spiral. All right, and
2: now. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. We'll, I'd like to finish up a little bit more, sure. and then we'll this correlate into that. Uh, the, the first thing is, is that also this angle that is now coming up on the 20th of how it's going to angle the west coast of America, it will also angle the west coast of South America, too. So they're also vulnerable. And the way the angle also goes is that uh, Southeast Asia, China, uh, will also be under this stress so the question being, well, are they also having any type of earthquake events occurring right now also? And then the next thing would be the question being is all these massive swarms of earthquakes that are occurring now, is this the Earth's way also of trying to not have a major um, event? And by having all sorts of little small ones, the big one doesn't occur? Or is it just basically the buildup for the big one? Because that was when I lived in California. I don't mm-hmm. live there anymore, but that was always where people always said we'd much rather have a lot of little small earthquakes and be shook around because then that takes the pressure off. Because when you don't have an earthquake and it just builds and builds and builds and boom, you know, then it goes sure. and it snaps. So that'll be interesting as we now approach. We're now what? Today's sixteenth, seventeenth, sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we get closer to the twentieth, it's really going to be fascinating. Of you know, basically a. As you were saying, go up on the U.S. Ge- U.S. Geological Survey, and uh, uh, just look at all things happening there. And it's just amazing of just the, the things. Just the pages are always constantly being updated because of all the activity that's happening all over the world.
0: What are the scientists uh, saying about all this earthquake uh, activity? Basically,
2: it's nothing. You know, like there was one person whose name is Stan Deo who considers himself, you know, pretty much expert. Mm-hmm. And I sent him some emails, and he had never really thought about, I guess, the correlations of full moons and, and um, the, the uh, cardinal signs and that type of thing. And so basically the Indian scientists uh, are about the only persons that I know of. And other than myself investigating this, I don't know of anybody else of this particular type of aspect. I haven't heard very much from the traditional people of why all these earthquakes are occurring, uh, especially this big swarm that's happening off of Oregon. Because they're saying, Mm -hmm. from what the things that I've read so far, is that this is a precursor not to an earthquake, and this is going to be also a whole lot of fun to look at, not for the people living there, but this could be a precursor to a volcano. Now, Uh, that's that's kind of interesting that, you know, here we're coming up on this major event on the full mm -hmm. moon uh, happening in this uh, Aries-Libra type of configuration, and the earthquake swarms that are occurring are more related to a volcano than they are to an earthquake.
0: Interesting. Truly interesting. Now, with the with other planetary alignments that affect the Earth's uh, electromagnetic field, would they also affect the core of the Earth in a way that could produce more uh, earthquakes, or more volcanic activity in one section of the planet compared to another?
2: That would be the, the most fascinating thing. I can't imagine that it wouldn't, that mm-hmm. when you'd have certain alignments, especially uh, planets like uh, the uh, Mars and Jupiter and, and those large planets, of the alignment would have to all be something there taking place. And this now segues us into the graph that's on the um, uh, website there, remember uh, that moving liquid creates an electromagnetic field, and so does moving gas. So if you take a gas of some sort and you move it, or you take a liquid and you move it, you create an electromagnetic field. Well, what are our planets? They're nothing but moving liquids and moving gases. So the entire uh, solar system is nothing but a huge electromagnetic matrix, and as you then the position of the planets and as things occur, et cetera, is that those electromagnetic fields and this electromagnetic matrix that we're bathed in in this solar system is always going under dynamics, and at certain times there's going to be more tension, there's going to be more uh, grading and that type of thing of the two of electromagnetic fields. Hence, there is going to be more events occur on the planets. And that's where, again, I'm of the belief that we're getting closer to the uh, core of our galaxy, and that's basically what's warming the entire solar system, not only our Earth, but the entire solar system is warming. So this whole thing about global warming due to pollution, uh, I, I don't really feel that there's that much to it. I believe it's more of a galactic type of thing that we're moving into. So now we have these electromagnetic fields. This now leads us to the graph on the website. We have two different types of spirals here. One goes left spin and one goes Mm -hmm. right spin, but you can also see this is an elliptical type of spiral. I believe this is the type of energy that comes from the sun, and there is a right spin elliptical spiral and there's a left spin, and it attracts itself towards the earth. Why? Because at the core of every planet is in actuality a small black and white hole that's the only way that i've looked at it, of all the cosmology and uh... the forces etc and what can really form a planet uh... such as our sun or jupiter or earth is that it would have to have some sort of way of attraction and the only way that you're going to attract something is to also then have a black and white hole where it's Matter is blowing in and blowing out of this dimension. And so at the core of our, of our planet is actually a small black and white hole, and that's why we're able to then pull in all of our material and have an Earth. The same thing with sun. Their black hole is a little bit different from our Earth hole, but there still is an attraction. You have this positive-negative coming into the positive-negative poles of the Earth, and this electromagnetic field then totally surrounds the earth i've simplified the the field there because in actuality it's a much larger type of field i believe it's it's both uh, elliptical shaped itself besides just the large elliptical shape that as it's coming down it's elliptical and also spherical at the same time and as these two things then envelop the earth the positive and the negative as that occurs then you have a friction in this electromagnetic field that creates what we know as the Van Allen belts, the radiation belts. But it's also the, the aura borealis. It is also this, this electromagnetic field that comes from the sun, is most likely what's called a buckling electromagnetic field. And then when it's buckling, it also then gets the light particles in a really excited area of, of, of tension, and then that is the basis of electricity. At the same time, there is now a wave that is going back down this spiral, that large spiral from the Earth, and that's what makes our gravity. Now, here's the kicker, though, and this is what relates it to uh, uh, the uh, earthquakes and etc. is that now, remember what we said, we had this moon that floats over, it's, it, it, that it floated over the equator 23 degrees below and 23 degrees above and below is that, that is, the moon acts as a binder of these two fields. But it also intensifies the Van Allen belts. It intensifies the Aurora Borealis. It intensifies many things. And so constantly we're in this electromagnetic bath from the sun, but here comes the moon and always constantly fluctuating. So as when on certain types of positions of that, moon in relation to the sun you're going to create electromagnetic fields that are being intense uh... uh let's say grade but also just intense power and that's why i feel that the, the origin of rogue waves in the ocean is in actuality the position of the moon and literally it's an electromagnetic pulse that is caused by the moon on all these electromagnetic fields it enters the water and then literally creates the wave. It has nothing behind it like an earthquake, so that way it doesn't become a tidal wave. It just becomes one of these rogue waves. So on, a, on a March 27th of 1964, the moon was in a certain position where it created rogue waves because of this electromagnetic pulse that it put out. And so then it creates this rogue wave in the Gulf of Mexico. That wave then keeps on going up to Alaska here, though, you had the, the faults, and this, this wave comes along, and boom, pushes the faults off. So you have the electromagnetic uh, fields from the sun that are interlocked around the Earth by the moon, and this, this constant dynamics of, of moon, earth, and sun, and then you also need to pull in the other planets, too, because what are they going to do? They're also going to affect this electromagnetic field. Everything is that dynamics. And uh, so if you can imagine, we're in this huge electromagnetic field. Now, what are we? We are moving liquid constantly. We create electromagnetic fields. I believe the electromagnetic field uh, of the the moving liquid creates the electromagnetic field, but then the nervous system creates a, a vortex inside of the electromagnetic field, hence the chakra, So if you can imagine, here we are already bathed in all this electromagnetic from our solar system and from the sun and the earth and the moon, and then we take our first breath, and here we are, a water vehicle creating electromagnetic fields. And that's, I think, the basis of what astrology is all about, is that you take that first breath and then the body gets imprinted uh, when the first breath is taken and the electromagnetics uh, a field is basic, you're imprinted, uh, and the whole thing then is you know, transcend that mm-hmm. imprinting. But from even the smallest little cell of our bodies with water around it, or whether it be the ocean, it is all impacted by electromagnetic fields that are, uh, first off, centered in the sun, but then are all prevalent throughout our whole solar system, and of course then our whole galaxy.
0: Right, and as a as we get closer to the year 2012 December the 21st there is a very unusual uh, planetary alignment that is going to be happening that day mm-hmm. if we are experiencing or if the theory proves to be correct that the moon just the just the gravitational pull of the moon can affect the the earthquakes and the volcanoes on this on this planet, what would happen, hypothetically, with a major planetary alignment?
2: Well, this also goes, again, back to uh, this electromagnetic fields, and the reason why I mention this. There is a whole other group of scientists now that are growing that they feel that our universe is actually very much electrically based mm-hmm. rather than just electromagnetically. And I've, I've, uh, what I feel is that you have to have an electromagnetic field First off, that's buckling to create uh, some sort of major lightning bolt because mm-hmm. a lot of these craters on the planets and etc. They believe that it's like electri- there's been a bit a huge electrical discharge between the sun or between planets or whatever. And so, what will be interesting is when you when this alignment occurs in 2012, is will there be some sort of electrical ph- phenomenon come out of it? And if it does, then where does it? what would be the most likely planet in our solar system to experience this particular type of alignment? And then here you have your bucking electromagnetic fields, and then you have an electric discharge. So when I started looking at the planets and where they're at on 2012 and the whole issue about 2012, the first thing I thought of is, well, what seems like we're being set up here for is some sort of major electrical event in the solar system. I think that would be that would be very significant.
0: Brian, please stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Brian David Anderson is our special guest. www.trivortex.com. That's t r i v o r t e x. Dot com. Still to come on tonight's show. My guest next hour is Chief Roy S. Jones Jr., who is a hereditary Haida-Guay chief. He's from the Queen Charlotte Islands in British Columbia. And uh, we're going to be talking about the marine ecosystem management, seal product development from abundant and humanely captured seals, and seal hunt advocacy programs. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
2: xzbm.net.
0: 19th on the scene. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I've learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation, whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials, how we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at ParanormalStakeout.com.
1: True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today www.soulbalancing.world
0: one 528 Toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska and Hawaii Welcome back everyone Brian David Anderson is our special guest His website is www.trivortex.com so when it comes to the, 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 um, the final conclusion of the research that is being done by yourself and other independent researchers as to the correlation between the moon and major earthquakes that happen on this planet, what is the consensus thus far?
2: There's definitely a uh, correlation between full moons and the, when the full moon reaches its zenith point of energy mm-hmm. and fullness. And earthquakes there is definitely a correlation there there's no doubt about that
0: no doubt about it um, I was uh, re- I was listening to CNN earlier today and there was somebody who was on and I, I scribbled down their name very fast and do you think I can find that piece of paper now uh, and they were saying that within the next 30 years oh yeah lower the uh, so- most southern part of California is looking at uh, they are they are Projecting and, and uh, forecasting a major earthquake of over 8.4 magnitude in Southern California.
2: Well, again, uh, it's interesting. I find that they released that now when yeah. we're having all these swarms of earthquakes off of Oregon, yeah. and there's just dead silence on that one. They do not. They will not address that.
0: Something else, something is doesn't make concerning. sense. Concerning
2: you would think they would come out and say, well, no, you know, we know. It's basically they may don't know what's going on.
0: <laughs> there w- there was one scientist from the USGS uh, who came on and addressed it, and they said, well, there's really nothing to worry about. This you know these types of swarms are common, and because the magnitude isn't that great, we're really not concerned. And I'm sitting there saying, what are you nuts?
2: Yeah, that's that does you know again. And there was one person that type of thing, and there's really. Uh-huh. It's their silence right now that's very concerning. But as we now get towards this 20th, I would recommend people uh, to go up on that U.S. Geological Survey website, and you can see uh, basically they have little graphs and charts. It's really kind of neat. And also there's the uh, there's a couple uh, websites that track volcanoes. Yeah. And so uh, over this next three days, uh, it would be almost like watching a fireworks show.
0: Brian, why don't we have you back next Monday night in the first hour so we can discuss what happened?
2: That will be interesting, yes. To, you know, have, uh, uh, and then for myself, I didn't really start this up until yep. oh, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago. So now it's going to be something that I'm going to continue on because I'm going to go on and look at all the full moons in the future and go into the past and that type of thing. So uh, it was a brief type of thing, but the little bit of research I did, is that uh, it's going to be interesting what's going to happen over the next three days because it looks like there's going to be a lot of stress on the west coast of the United States.
0: Brian, we'll speak to you next Monday night at 10 o'clock. Sounds good. You take care of yourself. Thanks very much for everything, Brian, and thanks for joining us tonight. All
2: right. Take care. Good
0: night. Bye-bye. Brian David Anderson, www.trivortex.com. When we come back from the news at the top of the hour, at six and a half minutes past. I'll be joined by Chief Roy S. Jones, Jr., and we're going to be talking about uh, marine ecosystem management, seal product development from abundant and humly, humanely captured seals, and seal hunt advocacy programs. My name's Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon, heard exclusively Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Talkstar Radio Network and our fine family of broadcast affiliates around the world.